1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
2: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final guest of the day, really a family member, our buddy Matt George, uh, going to join us coming up uh, in about 15, 20 minutes. Matt George will be with this course host of the Locked on Kings podcast uh, and his great work over at ABC10 uh, as well. We mentioned the slew of injuries uh, that went around the NBA last night. C- kind of mentioned Lonzo Ball. It looks like they're weighing a third procedure on Lonzo Ball. My goodness. Which could potentially have him out until anywhere from August to October. Jeez. Goodness gracious. Yeah, really, really tough news uh, for Lonzo Ball. That is not okay. Brutal news for the Chicago Bulls, um, who I think they're still lingering around the play-in process.
3: Yeah, I think they're in the play-in.
2: Not right now. They're 30-36 and right Mm -hmm. now. They're a game back of Washington, Mm. um, who right now is in the 10th spot. The play-in in the East is made up of Miami, who is three games back from the Brooklyn Nets, mm. uh, Atlanta, Toronto, and as we just mentioned, they're the Washington Clippers. Chicago still in the conversation. Indiana still in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, two games back, they they're in it. Yeah. yeah, okay. And I'll probably cut it off there. Orlando's four out. I, you
3: know, I saw an uh, Instagram video. I think it was a TikTok where Trista said why she hates the Magic. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to listen to it. I want to see that.
2: Yeah, you should listen to it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's just a random. It's like me hating the Suns and the Mavericks. It's
2: really random. It is random. Trista is a master of TikTok. She is. That is, that is her. She is. That is 1,000% her avenue. Yeah. Um, She posts very, very entertaining videos where she just, sometimes her videos are just odd facial expressions <laughs> yeah. at like someone else talking. Like
3: Kendrick and JJ. When they got into it, she did a
2: uh, TikTok on that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 was that the Elvis Presley one? No, this was when Or was it the first take one? It was the first take one. Okay, I don't think I saw the first take one, but I saw her react to the little Elvis Presley looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top six in the East, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Cleveland. That hasn't changed much. And then there's the New York Knicks. Uh, The Sacramento Kings opponent tonight. Now, they're kind of in a situation where it's kind of the Knicks and the Nets really there at five and six. Mm -hmm. I don't see either of those teams uh, catching Cleveland. The Knicks currently two and a half back of Cleveland. Brooklyn currently three and a half back Mm. of Cleveland.
3: So we're looking potentially at Knicks-Philly in the first round?
2: Are they five? No, they're it'd be four. Yeah, the Knicks are five. Knicks,
3: Cavs.
2: Yeah, you'd have. Yeah, um, that four or five. Where they? Which is interesting.
3: How how far in front of Brooklyn are they?
2: Uh, New York, Mm -hmm. Uh, one game. Okay. Well, well, right now it's one game. Once the Kings do what they need to do tonight,
3: well, it'll stay one game because the Kings win and Milwaukee will beat the Nets.
2: Good point. Good call. As it's the. Brooklyn Nets and uh, Milwaukee Bucks tonight. I always get nervous when Matt joins us. He sends like little text messages before. I don't know what's gone are the days of just Matt George joining the show and, <laughs> and, and talking Kings basketball. It's always just, you know, it's always just something different. <laughs> always excited to talk to him. Always love talking Kings with him. I just know there's a component to it now. Mm. And I'm, I'm not always warned ahead of time, but I, I oh, know he. is. You know, it's
3: what the people want. He is
2: man. all in on this McFoley, you know, character. Oh, this, about this fluctuation he, of characters that he is has. Going to
3: be mankind tonight?
2: Well, no, I just mean how McFoley had all yeah, those I get different you now. characters. I thought at yeah. first. I hope he's not mankind.
3: Matt kind.
2: <laughs> the original mankind was very good, though. The original original mankind the in 1990. Yeah, that one. Is that ninety five, ninety six? If no. Matt comes out in a mankind mask, we're just done. It's it's done. <laughs> He's not coming out <laughs> in a mankind mask. But I do agree. If he did, we would we would be absolutely done. Well, so the I east, the eastern, the east, the New York can't make a run at uh in the just in a the run, just a run. Can they get through Cleveland? Yes.
3: Kind of ends can there. They get, can they get past Milwaukee or Boston? Mm. I don't know. I'd say no. I, I feel like it's a little early for that in their in their run. You know, it, we uh, it's interesting. Alan um, was here from mm-hmm. ESPN Radio in New York in mm-hmm. New York, and he was asking us like, you know, is this the people like thinking about down the road? And I, it was just funny. I was like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Nobody is thinking about this. as – The start of anything, which is crazy. Like we probably should, to a certain degree. Well, I
2: think the furthest we've got is, man, how good is Keegan Murray going to be in a few years? Mm. I think that's the Mm. furthest we've gotten with like down the road.
3: (laughs) We don't even think we're going to be good next year. No, it's not that we don't (laughs) think we're going to be good. But like, we don't even.
2: I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, let's look right now. The the, for 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 me, let's go one to zero every day. Outside of that, let's get to that moment, because there's going to be moments along the way, and every Kings fan should enjoy this. Get, getting 176 points, getting you put on back on national television. Mm. Enjoy this moment tonight at the Golden 1 Center. At some point, probably relatively soon, maybe as soon as this month, they're going to clinch a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out the night before because someone lost, and it's going to be if the Sacramento Kings beat the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. If the Sacramento Kings beat the Portland Trailblazers, they will have clinched their per- first playoff spot in 16 years. Enjoy that moment. Mm-hmm. And then when the, when, the, when, the, when the playoffs get here, if you're at the arena, if you're at home, if you're downtown, if you're at Sky River Casino, wherever you are, enjoy that moment. We'll worry about the draft. We'll worry about free agency. We'll worry about TD and 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 Trey Lyles and all of those guys. Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. We'll worry about them this off season. You might as well save yourself the stress over Domas. That it, unless the CBA is ratified, mm-hmm. and there's strong indications that that might be, mm-hmm. there's a there's a a, a a CBA there's there's a CBA. Um, I shouldn't say ratified, a new CBA that changes the like percentage in which a player can get a raise, mm-hmm. basically. And that's what the Domas thing is, is it makes zero financial sense for Domas to sign an extension. It makes 100% sense for Domas to sign an entirely new contract. The kicker to that is the Kings have to let him become a free agent and sign him. As a free agent, mm. now that's one of the things that they wanted to change in the upcoming collective bargaining agreement that could absolutely help Sacramento. Um, but there's no point in worrying about that because that's as it stands right now. That's going to play out in the next off season. Enjoy these little moments. We'll deal with the off season and next year and all of that stuff in the off season. But enjoy these moments. Uh Kings fans have waited a very, very long time for this.
3: There there's a there's a thing that I'm going through with little Ryan and I think I've talked about this before. Um, about being a parent and especially like Ryan's probably it. Like I don't I'm not gonna have any more kids, right? So you look at this situation and it's like, Oh man, I gotta wake up early in the morning and I gotta feed her and all this other stuff. The second she learns to hold her bottle, that's it. She will never in life need me to feed her again. Mm -hmm. So you, I I embrace, yeah, I got to feed you. I got to hold your bottle. This little thing, this little, little thing about life. I got to hold your bottle. You need me to hold your bottle. Because the one moment you realize I can hold it myself and I know how to do it, you'll never need me to do it again. I equate that to the kings and what they're going through. Because, hopefully, playoffs are a regular occurrence here moving forward. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, that's what we'll do. How excited we are right now to be on the precipice of clinching a playoff spot. We may never feel again. Mm -hmm. This moment. You know, then the dreams are going to get loftier and bigger. Like, we'll be... You know, we're not going to be satisfied with the first round appearance. We want to win a uh, mm-hmm. series. Or we got to get to the – like it's going to get loftier and loftier and you're going to get further and further away from these moments right now when in March we are so happy to be the two seed. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I used to talk about with like uh, the, the Yankees and the Lakers and stuff like that. Their fans – they won a lot of championships and there's press, there's there's positives to that and, you know, things to be happy about in that, right? They will never feel how I felt in 2010 with the San Francisco Giants because, like, it had never happened. It didn't, and it was so – it wasn't even a thought of the Giants winning a World Series. So it's a different feeling. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you don't feel great for winning the – third championship in five years. Like that's great. And the Yankees number twenty seven. You'll never know what it feels to feel that one. Mm-hmm. And other teams, Warrior fans, you know, excited about oh trying to get another championship running that's all good. You ain't feeling this. You ain't feeling this. This is different, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the whole ride.
2: And it's gonna have so much it's gonna have so much extra meaning because of the Golden One Center and Doko and Relocation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Maloofs and DeMarcus and Tyrese Halliburton and 12 head coaches <laughs> and Alvin and Luke and uh, 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 Eric Musselman. It, it's all it, it, George Carl, snake in the grass emojis. Mm-hmm. Like it's all going to have so, so much more meaning and so much more uh, emotion that, man. T- as Chris Jericho used to say during a different incarnation of his character, "Drink it in, man. Drink it in." <laughs> yeah. uh, many of you, uh, many of us, have waited a long uh, time for this. Did you
3: see the Sports Illustrated article? Did you read that?
2: So I didn't. Like I, I've been sent; it's been sent uh, mm-hmm. to our company email like four times uh, during the show, but I haven't had a chance to see it. No. I read
3: it this morning. It's good, Chris. Hearing. Uh, nba writer that you know well respected that i've already was following yeah um i thought he did a good job it wasn't like this extraordinary it, piece but it laid out
2: i remember what when all he was,
3: this meant pretty
2: accurately i remember when he was crowdsourcing mm-hmm. this on on twitter um a couple of weeks back he, mm-hmm. he 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 took the twitter i don't remember the exact question he asked but it was for for Kings fans. Um, I don't remember if it was like something directed at season ticket holders or what it was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. I didn't get. Yeah, a he laid
3: to it go. out just and then and also like it was just a year ago. He talks about it in the in the story when people were for the first time ever kind of done with the Kings mm. or as close as they've ever been to being done with the Kings. They were so upset with last year and how the way everything was playing out and. You know how that's flipped in, in in one year. Um good stuff. Really good stuff. And then also there's like a it's not a cover anymore. You know what I mean? But I know you've seen the De'Aaron Fox picture. Like if if S I was still a physical magazine, it would be a cover. It would be the it says The Return of the Kings and De'Aaron Fox is on there. And an S I cover. Mm. We're old enough to remember. Come on. That's Oh, SI covers!
2: Oh my that's gosh! That's major! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I still have some. I still have a bunch of Sports yeah. Illustrated. Like I, those are basically the ones that I didn't recycle. Which which covers do I like the most? <laughs> I saved everyone that I had with Michael Jordan on it. Uh, I now saved. You
3: can have Michael Jordan rotating face on your <laughs> coffee table.
2: What y'all know about that? What y'all know about that hologram uh, cover? Yeah. I still got that somewhere. Yeah,
3: I got it somewhere. The too. S-
2: Sportsman of the Year. Still got that somewhere.
3: But yeah, the Kings essentially get an SI cover.
2: They didn't do us. They didn't do one for LeBron <laughs> <laughs> sitting up there in a black suit. Huh. LeBron with the, coming home. Yeah, I did that one. But he won Sportsman of the Year too, didn't he? Didn't he, he sure win? in a did. Black suit. I, I don't know. Yeah, I the black it, suit was. Uh, well, was that coming that, home? But that was oh. coming home though. Oh, I thought I thought it. But was he, the I'm sure, Sportsman, he won the Sportsman year, of, one. of the Year.
3: Almost certain.
2: I think he owned several black suits. Also, he, he wore a hell of a black the last suit. Last one was cold. Oh, he wore a hell of a black suit when mm. he broke the record. It was actually, I think, the last game he played. <laughs> like, <laughs> he he broke the record and said goodbye.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this reminds me. Real take quick. some time off. So Ramsey it says, took me to Gilroy to get the Slam magazine with De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis. That cover, maybe, maybe. So I got a ten-year-old. He's into basketball. Maybe he can, you know. Kind of get the same feeling that I got around that age. I'm going to get a subscription to Slam, mm. the physical, mm-hmm. you know, copy. And I was like, hey, you know, we'll you know, start it off with Domas and De'Aaron. This This will be cool. Get a subscription. You know, it's like 20 bucks or something. No mm-hmm. big deal. And the physical copy comes in the mail. And it's the damn New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. So what is this? They gave me the other regional cover. Was not happy about that.
2: Well, I'm sure Reese wasn't either because Reese and I had an extended conversation <laughs> about his NBA fandom last night. Oh,
3: that guy. Jeez. Come on, man. You got to do better, son. He
2: was asking me uncomfortable questions <laughs> last night while you were messing around on your phone. I just want you to be aware of that. And I was trying to navigate <laughs> what this. What did he say? Well, he was... The- there's an act in AEW that does some. They're 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 a little no. questionable.
3: See, no, look, you they're, answered them. I, did.
2: I didn't answer. I, he well, asked me I, first. I made it
4: up. What are they doing?
2: He said, do? "What are they doing?" I said, "I don't." know. I said, know. "That's their handshake." <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> see, he asked me. He said, well, "What are they doing? What are they saying?" I don't see, know. see. You're the dad. You don't have to answer. He came over to Uncle Dilo. What's this? Oh, it's nothing, buddy. It's just their handshake. <laughs> Kenny gonna get a call from school in about twenty minutes. Hey, like, your son. Um, oh yeah. man,
3: <laughs> couldn't be any worse than uh, crowd was. Our not. DX shirts when we were. Well, in school.
2: <laughs> that's true. I guess we can't be. Yeah, that's true. Literally had a shirt that said "suck it" on the back.
1: <laughs> all of Good. our generations are the same, bro. We all, all act like we're not. We're all the same. We just
2: digest it all so differently. <laughs> uh, Matt George. Or some version of Matt George uh, joins us, host of the Locked on Kings podcast and ABC 10. uh, Our final countdown to the Kings and the Knicks tonight. We'll talk with Matt. When we return here, we'll go commercial free to the top of the hour on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: d and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app.
2: Live on the Odyssey app, live on Twitch, live on YouTube, and live with Matty Oos, <laughs> Matt George, uh, making a grand entrance here uh, on the show as he regularly does. Of course, Matt George, host of the Locked on Kings podcast, does great work over the uh, at ABC 10 as well. And Matt, like many, uh, are feeling uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, being in the two spot. You know, we're having all of this fun with this. And the fact is, Matt, yo, this is a tough game tonight uh, for Sacramento with two really, really good ascending teams in their respective conferences.
5: Oh, I mean, finally, the NBA and TNT got something right by by making this, uh, th- this flex. I mean, it, it makes absolute sense with the exen- ascension of these two teams. It's a shame that it took the Kings scoring 176 points in a game for them to realize yeah. that this team is entertaining and people outside of the respective cities playing want to actually pay attention and watch. But mm. they made the right decision, and Sacramento is going to make them look even smarter by, regardless of the results of the game tonight, like Golden 1 Center is going to pop off. Like, we know it. Th- they've... Uh, 18,111 has been the number consistently that they've had, which is essentially their sellout and then some including standing room only. If that number can be bigger, it's going to be bigger tonight. If it can't, it's going to be 18,111. And look, we saw what happened the last time a New York team – sorry, Kenny. Last time a New York team came to Sacramento, didn't end too well for them. So I expect the same thing. No, I don't expect the same thing. But I expect a good environment. I expect fun. And this is another opportunity for the Sacramento Kings to – Remind everybody that they're not in the two-seed because of a fluke. They're not in the two-seed because of injury luck. They're not in the two-seed because the Lakers helped them out or John Morant decided to be an idiot or Luka Doncic and the rest of the Western Conference is falling apart, including Kevin Durant. They're in the two-seed because they've busted their ass all season. They've put themselves in this position, and it's not their fault if everybody else starts to slide or whatever happens to other teams, that don't matter because the Sacramento Kings are doing what they can do, which is controlling their uh, future by going seven and one since the all-star break Mm. during a period of time where Kings fans and everybody was thinking that the lack of experience was going to be what tore this team down. They're overcoming that. And then some,
3: I think tonight is going to be electric. I think this team, I talked about it after the break, I guess it was, and Terrence Davis, and they were talking about. Yeah,
2: I expect Terrence Davis to go for forty-one tonight. Oh. I don't know about y'all.
3: For sure, but he was talking about how he was thinking about it all. Break yeah. about like breaking the curse. Yeah, I think I think this team, man, they are they are. I don't want to say always, but I think a lot of the time they are ready for the moment. They understand the moments. They are ready for the moment. Last time they were on TNT, they showed up and showed out. This this game right here tonight. Talk about the drought and all this other stuff and how I thought they were going to come out of the break and they've come out just as good. They're going to be ready for the moment, ready for the moment. I think they're going to ball out tonight. I'm looking forward to it.
5: Yeah, I think the game against the Brooklyn Nets was, and I said on that particular night, I don't think it mattered who their opponent was that night. I think the Sacramento Kings took that floor looking to prove a point looking to say, hey, we belong on this stage. Our 0-4 start doesn't, uh, isn't a, a proper reflection of who we are, and the 16-year playoff drought doesn't define this team. Like, mm. this team is different. I hope they stay. They take the floor tonight almost with the same mindset. Yeah, we're the number two seed. Yeah, we deserve to be here, but y'all aren't, still aren't giving us the, the respect we deserve. We're going to be on national television a lot more when it comes to the NBA playoffs starting uh, in, a, in a month, but... As for right now, you, we're still having to pull teeth to get you to get us this recognition. So now that we have it, we're going to remind you again why we should have it more. I expect that mindset from the Sacramento Kings tonight. I don't think they should be afraid of anybody. I think they should look at the New York Knicks with a lot of respect, like they're looking in the mirror and say, we like what you're doing, but you're on our turf and we have a point to prove. I know the Knicks are going to be pissed off because they just got their streak snapped. I would have rather the Knicks come in here with that streak so we could have seen uh, or that could have just added to the storyline. Yeah. Either way, I expect a a war. And I expect it to be exciting. I expect it to be fun. And I think it's fair to say I expect the Kings to come out on top.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's going to be something for sure. You've mentioned a couple of times, you you mentioned with us, and of course as an avid listener of Locked on Kings podcast, I know that this has been a uh, discussion that you had over there as well. And you kind of mentioned that Kings aren't in this position because of injury luck. And one, couldn't agree more. Two, uh, Alan Hahn of ESPN New York joined us earlier and pointed out, you know, New York has been healthy, too. Like, New York doesn't load manage. New York plays. Julius Randle has played every game this season. Uh, And I think that's one of the really unique components about this matchup and and these two teams is that they have guys who have been busting their ass and grinding all year. Every game that they're available to play, uh, they're going out there and playing. I think there's a lot of similarities between these two teams tonight.
5: There are definitely a lot of similarities, but going back to the injury luck thing, like I, I find that just incredibly disrespectful and disingenuous to, mm. to talk about, to undermine what a team is doing just because they've stayed healthier. First off, that should be more of a credit to the training staff and to the organization than it should be a hindrance, not to mention if you actually pay attention to what the Sacramento Kings are going through, you have your three-time All-Star center playing through a fractured thumb, mm. a narrative that he turned off within two games. Like, we were always talking, we were talking nonstop, look at the thumb, it's wrapped, oh my god. Two games later, no one cared. And he still has that thumb wrapped, he's still playing through that injury, but nobody talks about it anymore because he played through it. De'Aaron Fox had to literally be told not to play against New Orleans. That was Mike Brown's decision, not De'Aaron's. And De'Aaron's been playing banged up all season with his wrist injury, with the hamstring injury he's dealing with right now. You've had guys play through injuries all season long really only sitting out when the training staff or when the coaches are making that decision for them so how are we holding that against the Sacramento Kings you know you know how big of a fan I am of James but he said earlier uh this week on on your guys' show he said I think the only difference between where the Kings are at and the New Orleans Pelicans and Minnesota Timberwolves is that the Kings haven't been healthy or i sorry the Kings have been healthy and those two teams haven't I find that disrespectful to the Sacramento Kings and what they've done. I know he didn't mean it that way, but I think that's underselling and undermining what the Kings have done. You, you, I, I, I believe if Zion William, uh, Zion Williamson and, and uh, De'Aaron Fox were completely healthy the other night, the Kings still would have beat the new Orleans Pelicans by 20 because the Kings are the better team. Mm-hmm. Like the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Sacramento Kings. Fair play to them. Anthony Edwards um, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the Sacramento Kings are a better team. Uh, than the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they've proven it throughout the course of the season. You can have bad matchups, but the Kings are still in a position that they deserve to be in, not because they've stayed healthy and everybody else has not because they've beaten everybody else, because they're the best team on the road in the Western Conference. Let's start focusing on that and focusing on what this team does right instead of working as hard as national and some local media are, are working to find negativity about this team. You don't have to work that hard.
2: Well, to be fair to James, um, I, I I think more the the discussion was more like look around the league. Obviously, it's magnified today more so than it was a few days ago. But you, you you look around and you've had you know the the conversations about Kawhi Leonard being in and out of the season. You've had Kevin Durant already miss a chunk of time, likely to miss another chunk of time. Mm-hmm. You have the, the conversation was more just Carl uh, Anthony Towns has been out. Brandon Ingram has been out. Zion Williamson has been out. I think it was more along the lines of, God, look at all of these injuries that have happened across the league and less, oh, the Kings are only here because of this, only here because they stayed healthy. Health is a big part of it, and what Kenny and I have been saying for months or at least a month, don't apologize for being healthy. Right. That's not something you have to apologize for. It's, it's not our fault that the team stayed healthy. And by the way, healthy includes one of your best players playing with a broken freaking hand. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I I, I think full context is, is, is important to that.
5: No, I I understand that. And I hear that completely. I knew the chatty house was going to do this, so I shouldn't have to preface it by saying, but I will preface it by saying I have nothing but the utmost respect for James. Again, I don't think he was trying to undermine what the Sacramento Kings are doing. I just took issue with, what he and others have said over the course of the season, which is it's the health that's leading to this more than what the Sacramento Kings are doing on the floor. Now, I don't know But James... that's
2: important, though. Like, that we can't pretend like that, it, like them being healthy isn't important it, in the equation. It's very, well, absolutely. Important. it's
3: very important, but it's also assuming that if everybody's healthy, the Kings can't compete.
2: Exactly. And I don't
3: think that's fair either. Like, if New Orleans stayed healthy the whole time and the Kings stayed healthy too, I, feel, I think the Kings could play with them, could beat them. You know, like it's the same thing I talk about when people talk about the schedule. Like, oh man, schedule's brutal. Well, the Kings are on their schedule too. <laughs> like the Kings ain't no pushover. the The Suns' schedule is brutal because the Kings is on there. The Clippers' schedule is brutal to finish because the Kings are on there. And there's there's a thought that the Kings are like kind of just like getting by because they're healthy or whatever. And and, and final twenty five games of the season playoffs when things really ramp up they won't be able to compete and i don't know what they need to do outside of. so let's the let's, do let's, let's, let, let's do this let's
2: let's let us do this james is here tomorrow like let's not talk about what james meant or what I'm we think james, james means like if, if if we're talking about health and all that and that that was the catalyst of this whole conversation let's all do it when we're together no, we're I'm able not, to do that that's why
3: i'm not even together. talking about james though i'm just saying in general, because I read read or listen to a lot of people all over the place, and it's kind of like what you mentioned yesterday. They look at it as like a cute little story or whatever. But if, you know, um, Paul George and Kawhi step up, they won't be able to compete and all this other stuff. And I don't understand why that's the case. I mean, maybe they're just going purely off history.
2: Well, I think we talked about this the other day. I think part of it is the offense. True, I think people – and, and, and true, Matt, true. we – Part of the reason I think there's this perception is people think the offense is cute. Oh, it's cute. Look at all those. They ain't going to be able to do that in the playoffs. There's zero history that says that's the case. Mm -hmm. But I think people find teams. I think it's why people, they, the national, it's why Mm -hmm. they take the New York Knicks more seriously than they do the Kings. Two really good offenses, but the Knicks are better defensively. I don't think people, Matt, I don't think people take the Kings offense seriously.
5: Oh, I, I think that's fair too. And again, I, I, I wouldn't have brought up James if I knew the direction that it was going to go in as if James is like the catalyst of this negativity. He's absolutely Oh, not James
2: effective. is captain negative. They ain't going around that. No, 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 no. James is captain negative. We tell No, but that this is day. a
5: narrative. The, the the Kings' health and their luck to be in the position that they're in has been a, a, a topic of conversation throughout the year on the national scene. You now it it's, oh man, they, I mean the they Kings are lucky now. that Ja Morant made a, a stupid decision and the Grizzlies are falling apart. Oh, now the Kings are lucky because Kevin Durant might be out the two times they fail. That's not... That's that's not the King's problem. I, I don't prob. mean to
3: cut you off. You hear it a lot. From, and maybe this is where I'm hearing it from. you hear it a lot from Lakers fans. Lakers fans are, oh, we oh, if we, we, we had the health of, of the Kings, then stop. Oh,
2: stop. Well, 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 stop. but but, but it... <laughs> stop. Well, we ain't even discussing what Lakers fans are talking about. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't even got a seat at the table. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. Go enjoy Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt and keep your mouth shut. Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? This, this is why Twitter is stupid. Because when we say we hear this, we see this. This comes from Twitter. We need to stop it. We we, we need to go back to ignoring people on Twitter.
5: Unfortunately, I've heard it a lot from a national analysts, well, too, that are not trying to pro- walk probably, stuff
2: back. Probably best to ignore, ignore some of them, too. Yeah.
5: It, it is what it is. Look, regardless, Lakers. I just I, I, I don't like the idea of the Sacramento Kings being disrespected saying that they've just stayed healthy when if you actually pay attention, you see the amount of guys that are playing through injuries and don't need load management days and don't yeah. need to only play 65 games a year because they need to yeah. gear up for the playoffs. I know the Sacramento Kings have never been in that position to gear up for the playoffs in the history of De'Aaron Fox's career, but he ain't taking nights off, and he damn well knows that once they make the playoffs, he's going to be playing 40 minutes a night. He don't care. He's trying to win right now, so I don't like when Kawhi Leonard didn't play when the Kings beat the Clippers in Sacramento. So freaking what? That's that's Kawhi's choice. That's the the Clippers' choice. That's not the King's problem. And Kawhi Leonard did play in Los Angeles, and the Kings still kicked their ass in Los Angeles. And yes, a one point win, one seventy six to one seventy five, considered to me kick ass. Two one point wins, kick their ass twice. That's absolutely one point, ten points.
2: Backhanded them,
5: boys. (laughs) (laughs) Don't matter.
2: I I think the final score might have been like. Three hundred and two to three hundred or something.
3: <laughs> that, that was always that always cracked me up when I said that about uh, <laughs> the Niners beating the Cowboys. Backhanded their asses. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't like that.
2: <laughs> You're a child when it comes to that damn team. I swear.
3: Backhanded them Clippers boys. Smacked them boys around. <laughs> I swear.
2: You know, De'Aaron didn't play in the Pelicans game, and one thing that we were. Excited to see is a second straight start for Davion playing really well. Uh, Davion has had some high moments this year, he's had some low moments this year. Um, uh, but the fact that he has stepped in for De'Aaron Fox the the, the last two times De'Aaron was out that may catapult him a, a little bit further to get more comfortable uh, back in his normal position in that reserve role tonight.
5: I think, I mean, I think Davion deserves a whole lot of credit. And I think you and I discussed this on Locked on Kings, d but it seems like Davion is playing his game. It seems like he's not coming in and trying to be more than what he is. He's recognizing the talented around him. First off, I think it's phenomenal that the Sacramento Kings can go into a game without their leading scorer, their 25-point-per-game score, have Kevin Herter drop that 25 for them and still get six other players in double figures, even with De'Aaron Fox out. Mm-hmm. Like this Kings team, you go through their box scores, you see win after win after win of six or seven guys in double figures. Like I know, we've heard Keegan and Kevin and so many different guys say, "Yeah, we know we can score." But that's—I mean—it's getting to a point. It's special at this point to have a roster that th- that's this deep and capable of all scoring in double figures consistently, especially on a night where the guy that draws so much attention because De'Aaron being out doesn't just mean you're losing 25 points per game. De'Aaron being out means you lose a presence on the court that opens up so many so much opportunity for everybody else. Plus, the Sacramento Kings won. The minutes that both Fox, because of injury, and DeMontis Sabonis, because of rotation, were off the floor. That's significant. And Davion Mitchell had a, a, a massive part to play in that. When he hits his threes, he's fantastic. We know what he provides on the defensive end of the floor. The DPOG chain is basically made for him. And he's making the smart plays. Plus, like I give Kevin Herter a lot of credit, not just for how he scored, but he had eight assists in that game. Like This Kings team knows how to play together. They play together like three years into the dubs dynasty. Like they they look like, now I'm not saying they're that good, but I'm saying they play together like they they have confidence in each other and know where each other's going to be. And the fact that they've been together for less than a calendar year and are playing like that makes you think, okay, they can even improve or at the very least what they're doing offensively is repeatable for years to come. Hmm.
3: The the, the Kings have, like you mentioned, had a deep roster and guys that step up. Um, when guys are down or some guy isn't playing good, somebody steps in. I think nobody encapsules that more than Trey Lyles and mm-hmm. what he's been able to pro- provide coming off the bench, whether it's playing the backup four at one point. Now it seems like he's a backup five. He gets in there and does whatever's needed at that time. I know, Matt, me and you, we've talked about this before, about the importance of having him back next year. But let's just say this year. We'll leave next year and future years out of it. This year going into the playoffs, how valuable is what he brings off the bench to the potential success of this team moving forward?
5: Oh, I think it's massive. One, because as Mike Brown shrinks his rotation like I expect to happen in the playoffs, I think Trey Lyles is your backup five. I think Trey Lyles is the guy out there spacing the floor when DeMontis Sabonis is out of the game. That's number one. Uh, Number two, like Trey Lyles has become a top three king for me because he's so damn consistent. He's so solid. He's making the right decisions. He's taking the challenges on. He's physical crashing the glass and tries to get involved rebounding wise, even though he's undersized. We know he can shoot. He's good putting the ball on the floor, and he's there for you every night. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to have bad games and, and, and bad scoring nights from time to time like everybody else has, but you can pencil Trey Lyles in as not just consistent numbers, but you can pencil him as a consistent threat. And I think that's what's valuable off the bench is defenses have to respect Trey Lyles when he's on the floor, meaning whoever Trey is playing with, whether it's Malik Monk in the second unit or when he's out there with Fox and Sabonis at times, like he's out there on the perimeter. You have to keep an eye on where he's at because he can hurt you. I think Trey Lyles should be a day one or day two free agency uh, target for the Sacramento Kings Mm -hmm. next year. I think locking him up quickly, it might not be the biggest firework move and it'll have a lot of people outside Sacramento going, okay.
2: That's because they don't pay
5: attention hundred percent. And that's fine. Let them, let them and let other fan bases undermine what Trey Lyles has done. The Sacramento Kings got Trey Lyles from Marvin Bagley. How is that possible? And mm. when that trade happened, Dante DiVincenzo was the big guy that we were talking about. Trey Lyles has come in here, carved out an excellent role for himself. And he has my confidence when he needs to play important minutes, when he needs to be out there during, during runs or with the second unit, or even at times with the first unit, he can hold that spot down. That's everything and more that you can ask out of someone at that spot.
2: I think Mike's having a rebounding talk today. <laughs> He's done it publicly a couple of times with guys like Kevin Herter, yeah, Keegan. Um, Keegan. Thank yeah. you, Keegan Murray. Um, the, the the Knicks rebound the ball well, yeah. and they were obliterated on the boards uh, when they played uh, back in December. I'm going to guess. I don't know. Matt, I think Mike might be having a rebounding talk with his guys before tonight's game.
5: I certainly hope so, and I hope he and the rest of his coaching staff are in a room together trying to figure out what to do to just slow down Julius Randle. Because, boy, in his Knicks career, he cooks in Sacramento. Last time he was in Sac, I think he dropped over 40. Like, Julius Randle... Love, he's like Anthony Edwards. He loves the Nets. He loves the rims in Sacramento for some reason. It seems like a lot of teams, a lot of shooters love the rims and loves the net, love the Nets in Sacramento with how they shoot in this building. But Julius Randle has demolished the Kings offensively. So now we know the Kings can score with anybody. But if you aren't too careful, especially if Jalen Brunson plays and the, the rest of this talented uh, Knicks roster, yeah, Julius Randle could go for 40, but you could have another couple right behind him in the 20s. And mm-hmm. then if you have, you're getting 80 points out of three guys – I don't care how much you're scoring you're probably in a world of hurt. So, I don't expect the Kings to stop Julius Randle. I don't expect the Kings to stop anybody. But I expect the Kings to keep it close, do make him work as hard as possible. Make everybody work as hard as possible. Put yourself in a position in the fourth quarter and in the second half to have that defensive improvement that we've started to become accustomed to and then ride your offense the rest of the way. Kings score 125 points tonight. I think they're in a really really good spot to win this game. Yeah. But I mean Julius Randle, damn well in his in, in his Sacramento feels like he could score 125 on his own sometimes.
2: You know? <laughs> 20, 24, 10 and three against the against the Kings. Those are those are uh, Julius. And the averages. game he got thrown out in. Well, that, that he, that, those are his averages. <laughs> oh, average. One of those games does yeah. include a game he got thrown <laughs> out in.
3: He's a problem. But Matt, you mentioned it, and and I completely agree. If if the Knicks better be careful because if they get suckered into trying to like I always say, outscore the Kings. That's not that's not how you get them. That's not how you get them. So if we do get into the 125 or something, and I think uh, I think I heard this from James, like in the last seven games or something like that, the Kings are averaging like 130-something. Averaging like Lord. 130. Like something crazy. So they better bring Thibodeau and, and, and that Knicks team, better bring their defensive back with them because if they think like we're just going to score because we can score too, we're going to score with the Kings, that ain't it. That's not it. They'll get you damn near every time.
5: There have been two teams that have held the Kings under 100. The Knicks were one of them on the road. Yep. Now, if I remember correctly, one, De'Aaron Fox didn't play in that game. Correct. Which is a a, a big deal. A little, uh, kind of important. Number two is, if I remember, that game was physical as all hell, and the officiating felt a little bit one-sided in that game in Madison Square Garden. I'm That's not blaming believe, the loss Matt. on that.
2: That's hard to believe,
5: But. Uh, I mean, I, this has nothing to do with the Kings, but man, I was like, like Fred Van Vliet. When he went <laughs> off. Oh boy. I was standing ovation in my house at 12 o'clock at night when I saw that
2: we all were.
5: So God, uh, like thank God for him. And look, I just hope it's a game where officiating always plays a factor. And for the most part, it's not as big of a factor as some make it out to be, or fans make it out to be, or sometimes the media makes it out to be. I just hope that's not, I want to see the best against the best, just a slugfest tonight. Like these two exciting up and coming teams, one with a defensive minded coach, well, both with defensive minded coaches. Although Mike Brown has unlocked the best offense and and or best offensive rating in league history right now, let them go. Like let them run at each other. Let them put on a show. Let them draw the attention that they deserve to both organizations. And may the best one win. But if we start getting into the if this game becomes kind of a grinded out slow. Uh, I mean, even though the Kings can have success in the half-court style, but the Kings aren't getting stops and getting out in transition, it might, meet, might be a long night for Sacramento. But with the energy that I expect to be in that building and, and how the Kings expect to feed off of it, I'm expecting fireworks tonight. I'm expecting fun.
2: The other team to hold the Kings under 100
5: was? Toronto. Toronto. Indeed. Toronto, And I, and that game still feels like a fluke upon flukes. Like, I understand Toronto did a good job defensively. I give them full credit, and they're a long team and length and physicality the Kings have trouble with. They were but, fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were ready to go, and Sacramento couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat in that game. So, That's and they've proven it. from that point on that like there there can be fluky performances like that. I remember after that night going, "Oh God, did someone finally figure out the Kings is the blueprint out there?" We haven't seen anything remotely close to that since. Yeah. So, and that includes the long road trip the Kings went on. So, they, they, I, I'm they, not too worried about that. And,
3: and two things about that that previous Knicks game, it's held them under hundred. Mm-hmm. They scored ninety nine. That's right. <laughs> so that's right. That. Yeah, and then like you guys it's under hundred though. Yeah, no, no, De'Aaron Fox. Um, only 10, 10 of thirty-nine
2: from beyond the arc that day. Uh, Twenty assists, I believe, was the number two. Twenty assists, correct?
5: Yeah. Yep. I was really concerned about the three-point shooting of the team going into the All-Star break, and the reason why is because we heard so many people talking about, "Hey, tired legs, tired legs." Like that's what it is, and and I I, I wanted to believe that that was true, but I was nervous that. It, it wasn't that we were putting all of our hope into that and they were going to come out. And if they were still flat from three point shoot, well, those concerns are gone because since the all-star break, uh, I mean, tire lakes definitely had something to do with it. Cause since the all-star break, Sacramento has been shooting really, really well from three point range as a team too, which is just another example, another reminder of how this team has shown an ability to correct mistakes or overcome slow patches of the season or, or down parts of the season. And the fact that even during that rough shorting, str- uh, shooting stretch, they were still an over 500 team over that stretch suggests that, Man, what can they do when everything's firing on all cylinders? And I still think we've yet to see that.
2: Uh, I wanted to look this just because I really wanted to see it myself. The last seven games, Kings are averaging 133 points. But as I was looking at the game log, I was like, it seems like there's a lot of 130s like, outside of that. Mm-hmm. I was able to stretch it to 12, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the, the that's, that starts following the loss to the Pacers and the loss to the Pelicans. Okay. In the twelve games since, one hundred and thirty point six points per game.
5: One is that good?
2: It's not bad. Jeez. It's not bad. Boy, it's I mean, what was what was the num? Is it fifteen and two? When they, the amount of time, w- the record sixteen and 16 and two. 16 and two yeah. When they score one hundred and thirty points or right. more, yeah,
5: that's crazy i have been only saying includes, it
2: just score more and you'll win. Just score more.
5: Is that just one overtime game or is that two overtime games? Which by the way, we've glossed over the fact that the Sacramento Kings are undefeated in overtime too. They they're they're 3 and 0 in OT and two of them are on the road. Mm. Like mm. again, that shows experience that this that we didn't think this team had. Well, the, the
2: the number one thing that stands out to me, Matt, when you know we you know cuz we we often talk about and I and I think, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier were like media narratives, mm-hmm. fan narratives, Twitter narratives, for God's sakes, Laker narratives. <laughs> but the thing to me that resonates most like hey, this this none of that matters every single time I hear De'Aaron Fox talk. Mm. Every time. He's talking with a level of maturity, I don't think, in which he's talked before. He's talking about like, you know, we, we 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 asked ourselves, we we've asked all, can they just keep scoring 130 points? 60 some odd games into the season, yes, mm-hmm. they can continue to score 130 points a game, or 100 you know 18 points, or 120 points per game, or whatever the actual um, uh, 64 game number is. But every time De'Aaron Fox talks, it's with the highest level of confidence mm-hmm. that starting with yeah, I can get any shot I want to. Mm-hmm. It's leadership, uh, I, I, yeah, it's like leadership. he yesterday, like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you were with De'Aaron yesterday, Matt, Kenny, and I popped when we got the sound of, uh, want to be healthy when we get to the play. He mentioned the playoffs like three times in less than ninety seconds, mm-hmm. and it's like De'Aaron knows the assignment. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's locked in. He's leadership. ready. Yeah, he's a leader.
5: No, he made that perfectly clear with how he was in Salt Lake City. Like uh, he, some people thought he was diminishing the honor of being or of playing in the all-star game. That wasn't it at all. He was happy for the recognition. He's been wanting that his entire career. He got it and he enjoyed the recognition that came with, with being an all-star. But as soon as the game was over, he was asked, Hey, from this point on now, what?" And he's like, nah, uh, this is over like this fun, this is mm-hmm. over with it's, it's right back to work. And the cool confidence I think comes from two areas. One, De'Aaron knows that he can go where, get wherever he wants and score whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. And two, he knows that when he has to score, When he has to put the team on his back, he's fresh enough to do it because Monty McNair has surrounded him with a supporting cast that he can put complete faith in for three quarters if he has to. De'Aaron Fox can roll into the fourth quarter with 10 points, end the game with 30. (laughs) It's not surprising to us anymore, and the Kings win, and he's rolling into the fourth quarter with 10 points not because he's three of nine from the field. It's because he's four of five, and he just hasn't had to shoot that much. And now, I mean, the only time you see De'Aaron Fox get frustrated because this is the most text he's ever had in his career – is that he's not getting the whistles and not getting to the free throw line nearly as much as he's he, he's used to. Which, by the way, when he is getting to the free throw line, he's hitting at a, a, a highest clip of his career to this point. Plus, he's playing better defensively, too. Like, the fact that De'Aaron Fox, for the first time in his career, and it's no disrespect to the player, he's played with good players over the course of his career here in Sacramento. It's no disrespect to them. But he can go into every single game, every single night, knowing that there's more than two guys that have his back that can carry him through if he ever struggles. And on top of that, he can sit on the bench against a team in the Western Conference playoff race like he did the other night and watch seven guys put up 20 points and his best friend has the fewest amount with 11 or something like that. Sorry, put up double digits. Uh, and, and and Malik Monk has the, the fewest with 11. Mm. So no wonder De'Aaron Fox has that confidence. Like yeah. He knows he can get anywhere and he knows his team can almost... Get anywhere too? Absolutely.
3: Hey, Matt, have a little fun with us, real quick, man. We had uh, a guy from uh, ESPN New York on the show to
2: start the season, Alan Han. Um, to start the show. Start the show. What I say? We didn't talk to him to start the season. That oh. would have been weird. Is this a season <laughs> premiere? <laughs> we might do it next year. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe right? we will. Maybe, maybe we will. Kings <laughs> Knicks, <laughs> Knicks opening night. Alan Hahn back with us. Oh, well, uh, after the NBA
5: Finals
3: when we're recapping know, the NBA run Finals. Run it back. Good point. point. Coming yeah. up soon. Um. But he asked us the question that we were kind of like not prepared for and never thought about. (laughs) And he was like, Hey, you know, um, you guys are having such a great year out in New York. They're doing the same thing. And people are looking at it. Like, this is the start of, you know, a run of like two, three, four years, like where they're going to be really good. And he's like, are you guys feeling the same way out here? And we're like, we haven't thought about next year, not once (laughs) or anything in the past. Have you, have you thought about that at all? Like, is this the start of, you know, uh, a little bit of a, not run, because I don't mean it in a championship way, but just a a good run run. of good, you know, consistent playoff basketball. Have you thought about that at all?
5: I've thought about it very little because I think there's, I mean, a lot needs to happen before I can even consider that, but I've thought about it from the sense that, okay, what the Sacramento Kings are doing this year, is this a Cinderella year? Is this an amazing run or is this repeatable? Like, can the Kings not only repeat what they're doing right, but build upon what they're doing wrong? So that's that's where I've paid a lot of attention to this season, and and um, the answer is yes. Like a lot of what they're doing right, they can they can repeat. Plus, like I think there's a whole other level to De'Aaron Fox we still haven't seen yet. That's going to come out mm-hmm. in the playoffs, or hopefully will come out if he's the guy that the Kings think that he is. And for all everything he's proven this year, he is that guy. Mm-hmm. Like I and. I think we're going to get a lot of context in these playoffs. So that's why I say I have no expectations for these playoffs. Now, I was having this conversation with Chris Biederman uh, from the Sacramento Bee at a Kings game, and he made some really good points. Like, if the Kings roll into the opening round of the playoffs with home court advantage, regardless of their opponent, it's a disappointment if they lose that series. I mm-hmm. understand. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't be disappointed if the Kings were a first-round exit. I would be very disappointed. And I, I think it's it's like a lock that the Kings will not be swept. Like I feel very confident in that. You're not beating this team just four straight times. They've shown an ability to make an adjustment regardless of how different playoff basketball is. But to me, the context of these, however many games they play in the postseason is going to tell us what Monty needs to do this offseason and then is going to tell us what can be built upon for next year. So is this supporting cast really as good as we think it is? Well, if they perform well in the playoffs, if DeAaron Fox is is coming into the playoffs and he averages 35 points a game in the playoffs but the Kings are a first round exit, okay. Well, we've seen DeAaron can be there, we've seen Sabonis can be there, maybe we need to upgrade the second uh the second unit a little bit. Maybe defense really is that bad and Monty needs to go hard on getting some wing depth. Maybe some guys perform so well. Harrison Barnes plays so well. It's like, okay, Monty, you have to go out and get this guy back. There's a lot of context we're missing for the future that I need before I think too far about that. But I'm also just trying to live in the moment and enjoy this incredible run that we've been on because this has been a season of dreams, not just for Kings fans, but for a media member that covers the team and talks about the team every single day. This is exactly what we've been asking for.
2: Uh, This from Sham Sharania. Kevin Durant is expected to be reevaluated in two weeks uh, with his left ankle sprain in return, based on the rehab progress. Hmm. The reevaluation in two weeks—if he is cleared—that sets up nicely for his first game, March 24th, at the Golden One Center against the Sacramento Kings. Bring it. So, if it's two weeks in a day, uh, the Kings will have a, a, a two games with Phoenix with no Kevin Durant. By the way, they've already played Kevin Durant uh, lists. Phoenix Suns teams twice. They've lost the both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Katie obviously unavailable for Saturday's game against the Sacramento Kings, uh, and the plan looks like he may return uh, for the matchup the twenty fourth uh, at the Golden One Center. Good. All
5: good. I, mean, I welcome it. I want to
2: see KD. Yeah. Get your ass over here in Sacramento. Let me watch greatness. Yeah. Absolutely, it's gonna be good. And, and and I'll take KD out. Hey, look up. Look at that purple light see shining that? in the sky. He's already seen it before. Oh yeah. He, he, he saw it man. on national he had, TV. He he he's, he had to podcast about it. <laughs> that ass-whooping was so bad, Kevin Durant he, had to podcast had about two it. two episodes the whole year. <laughs> One
3: when we going to Phoenix and that after that Kings let's, game.
2: Let's come back and talk about the ass-whooping we got in Sacramento. <laughs> Let me tell you all about Shemezi Metu. Man. He told Eddie, he said, yo, you don't believe what
3: I just saw, bro. I, I got to talk about what I just saw because – you couldn't guard these dudes. <laughs> I ain't never seen nothing like this. You couldn't guard them.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, I'm excited for tonight, man. Yeah. I can't lie. Remember, I'm excited for tonight.
3: Remember I told people earlier, I'll say it again. You might want to leave a little earlier. It's going to be what you say, uh, Matt, like 18,100 or something like that. It's going to be filled to the brim, national TV, I would leave maybe 20 to 30 minutes earlier than you normally would for a seven o'clock start. Cause it's, it's, it's going to be popping out
5: there. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I mean, I would hope to see a, a scene outside of the golden one center, in the buildup that suggests maybe a, a sneak preview to what the playoffs are going to be, although I, I don't think there's really much we could do to scratch the surface of how downtown is going to be for that first playoff game and for any playoff game that the Kings host. But no, I expect the energy to be off the hook, but Sacramento always shows out for for um, national TV games when they get them. I mean, they, they always have because they recognize it's their opportunity to send a reminder to the rest of the world. Hi, we're not just a cow town with cowbells, although we lean into that very, very heavily. Mm -hmm. And we're still here. Even if we haven't seen playoff basketball in nearly two decades, we're still here and we never left. Um, And I, I mean, I think Kings fans always relish the opportunity to remind other fan bases who, are uninformed and take those cheap shots. Like how does Sacramento still have an NBA team and Seattle doesn't? I always take the opportunity to remind them this is why. This is why Stern believed in us. This is why David Stern walk is right outside of the <laughs> the arena uh, <laughs> is because of this right here and what we're building. And and the Golden One Center's best basketball is right around the corner, which is extremely exciting. Uh, I feed off that energy and that love of Kings fans, man. And just to see the excitement, the buildup, the amount of people that were Kings fans when I was a kid who have started to reach out to me and send me texts and be like, Man, is this team for real? Is, are they really going to do it? I'm like, yeah, start paying attention. Well, I got to get out to a game. Well, don't ask me for tickets. <laughs> like, yeah. that, That's pretty much how every conversation goes. Um, I, I love it. I love the city rallying behind it. And tonight's another opportunity for them to show it.
2: Yes, One of my favorite things is when we're, I, I know I'm pretty sure the show is ending, when we're walking around the hallway and, man, you guys are doing a great job. You guys are killing it right now. Mm-hmm is easy <laughs> we haven't worked in a in a full basketball year at this point like we're just sitting here talking kings man what's more fun and easy than that yeah, yeah. um but yeah this it, it, it it's just it's good for everybody uh when the kings are rolling the way that they are man and obviously we hope uh they continue to do that uh tonight and uh it's going to be fun two really good uh teams the only thing that separates the kings and the knicks is one quick playoff run uh, that the Knicks had uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Kings were, I mean, excuse me, the Knicks, they were away from the playoffs for a long, long time. Uh, so seeing these two teams ascend right now uh, is fun. Great stuff as always, Matt. You know how much we appreciate you. Uh, Matty Oos, Matt George, Locked on Kings podcast, uh, ABC10. If you want more Kingscock, don't go anywhere. Alan Hahn, Will Z, uh, Maybacko, Brian Anderson, Matt George. We're going to run it back next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Let's go, Kings! This episode is brought to you by
1: Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.